Shut up and sit down. Hello, dear listener. It is the 1st of March. Welcome to autumn. My name is Sharon Ferns from domchronicles.com. That's D-O-M-M-E-Chronicles.com. I know it's not autumn where you are, probably, but it's autumn here and it's warm and it's still and it's quite beautiful. I'm, (laughs) as always, um... I don't know, three months, four months from my last um, podcast. And I always think, always, every single time that I do not have enough questions to do a podcast. So I just leave it and leave it and leave it. And then I have 600 of them. (laughs) So here we go. From the first one. Oh, they're very familiar. It's quite sweet. Hey, Sharon, they spelled my name wrong. Can you believe that? (gasps) Shocker. Have you ever fantasized about or tried dominating someone who cannot understand your language? Watching them struggle confused and have them work harder to submit the delicious unfairness of it to them. Thanks for answering your previous question for me. Your advice was great. That's great. They do not tell me what question I answered, but that's still great. Anyway, hope you are well. All the best, Terror to Fight Lover. Oh, see, I have to go look that up now. I'm going to have to pause this while I do that. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Google. <laughs> that's a fern, ferns lover. Thank you so much. And I suspect that this writer has said that to me before and did I ever mention that I have the most appalling memory I do anyway no I have never done that and while that does sound pretty cute one of the things is that I'm after a full relationship like a partnership romantic monogamous all that sort of business and Not being able to communicate with someone is a huge barrier to that. I think in play, as you said, there could be some super fun little value in doing that sort of thing. But in a relationship, really, not so much. Oh, my goodness. The next one is in Dutch. (laughs) My lack of preparation here shows that I really do do these on the fly. So... One second, I'm going to have to go translate it. And just to, to clarify, I can speak Dutch. And heel klein beetje. Ik kan het far meer verstaan. It's terrible. It's like three-year-old level. I can understand it better than I can speak it. I can read it much worse than um, understanding it. So rather than subject you to me trying to actually um, translate it myself. I've put into Google Translate and it says, hello, how are you? Now, I've been looking for a mistress for quite some time, but the prices for a session cannot be paid by me. 
I'm looking for a mistress who does it as a hobby and has more fun in her hobby than a paid mistress. Do you know mistresses may be someone for me? <laughs> I do not know where to look and I've been with this feeling for years that I feel submissive to mistresses. Can you help me? I can help you. Go and buy my book. <laughs> look, it's not free. But if you're comparing it to the price of a professional session, it's super cheap. So I wrote a book called um, How to Find a Dominant Woman. And it's very practical, helpful, actionable advice to move you along that path for people who are a little bit clueless like you seem to be. I will put the link in my transcript, but if you look up Sharon Ferns on Amazon, you will find my books and it will be there. Go buy it. And the next one. I always thought I was 100% submissive, but the masochism has needed a sado prefix for a year now. <laughs> I've topped a few people, but always believed it was submissive mischief. Now I've met someone and I can feel the dom side of me almost bubbling over. Taking things slowly seems to be sensible, but I'm scared I'll get it wrong. I'm not like the femdoms in porn and my pro-dom friends. He seems to like my way, but do you have tips on gaining confidence as a beginner femdom with an experienced male submissive? I do have tips. <laughs> the big one is be you the porn and the pro doms have their place but their place is not personal relationships with partners or personal relationships with friends with benefits it's a very different kind of consumer or service and um, client relationship so here's my biggest piece of advice and it applies to anybody who any woman who is exploring her dominance. Figure out what you want and then ask for it. And if you don't get it or if you cannot negotiate around getting it, then either you have the wrong partner or you have the wrong partner. <laughs> I'm a big fan forever of knowing what you want and getting it and going after it. And when I say that, I think people will, uh, some people will jump to these extreme conclusions. Well, you can't have everything that you want because you're being unreasonable. But my experience with women who are new to um, domination and women in general is that A, they don't know what they want because they've never really looked at their own desires or their own interests in relationships and the second is that they are very quick to give up what they want for the sake of someone they like or a relationship they're interested in and the end result is that they are not happy so that's my advice you do not have to be like the porn tropes you do not have to be like prodoms that is a very different thing what you have to be is you. Figure out what you want and then ask him for it. And I'm not delusional here. You may not get everything that you want. 
but you mu- you have a a um, non-negotiable list. You know what I mean? These are the things you want to make you happy. Do not compromise on them. Other stuff, peripheral stuff, compromise away. You negotiate that shit to whatever you two can both live with. But do not compromise away the fundamentals that you have decided you need to make you happy. If someone is not on board with that, they're just not the right partner for you. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not a bad person. It's just an incompatibility. So, yeah. He seems to like your way. Go with it. Run with it. I hope it turns out well for you. I have champagne. I have cheap champagne because I had a cold bottle in the fridge. I know, it's a travesty. Did I mention I have a champagne boy? I do. He delivers me cases of quality champagne. And I do have some, but it's not cold. And that is a failing on my part. Okay, moving along. (laughs) I, I just have to say that these podcasts are often accompanied by champagne, which might be why I get my effusive and... Uh, I want to say angry, but not necessarily angry, passionate about my opinions as they go on. I'm not going to say that's why, but it could be why. Right, I have to stop getting sidetracked here. Next one. I am in a one and a half year old relationship, first time with a dom who is also a sadist and I'm a submissive and okay with a bit of pain play. We are living together and things are going okay. But one day I was pretty late from work and didn't pick any of her, pick up any of her calls. Naturally she was pissed and when I arrived home she slapped and punched me in the face. Didn't ask a single question and went off to sleep. She is a very wonderful and kind woman but that day she really scared me and made me feel very bad about myself. It was clear that we were not in any scene Now, I don't know much about how DS relationships, because it's my first work, but was it okay for her to do it or was it some kind of abuse? Or am I overreacting? I'm stalling until you reply or maybe just give her another chance because it seems quite common in other femdom-related websites and blogs. But your advice will definitely help me in the future. P.S. Sorry for my bad English. This was such a heart-wrenching and disturbing um, question that I actually answered it on my blog immediately so I'm going to go to that and let you know what I said alright this is what I wrote in response to this let me say this in a very clear and unequivocal manner what happened was in no way acceptable it's abuse It was not okay, not even a little bit, and you are not overreacting at all. I am so sorry that that happened to you. Imagine if you swapped the genders here, male dom fem sub, and he slapped and punched her in the face because he was pissed. This wouldn't even be a question, right? The gender of the parties makes no difference at all. It's unacceptable behaviour. It's not okay in any relationship for your partner to hit you without your explicit consent. 
it's not okay in a vanilla relationship and it's not okay in a BDSM relationship. So yes, it's abuse. If you read about it happening on other femdom websites or blogs, there are three possibilities. One, it's a fantasy. And this is hugely common on the internet. Fantasy presented as real life. Two, consent was given but not explicitly stated in the writing. And honestly, all of my real life snippets sit in this basket. If I ever talk about slapping someone in the face, I don't preempt that by saying, we consented to this. So there may be some misunderstanding in what you're reading out there. The third option is it's non-consensual and that is not okay. It's obviously up to you to decide what to do next. You know her. I don't. You also know how you feel. You say you're scared and you, you should not and please don't ignore your bad feelings. They are valid and you should listen to them. If I was you, I'd leave. Not least because I now know what this person who is supposed to love me is capable of and I find that frightening. I could never trust them again. But I know that's easy for me to say from here so I'm going to ramble a little bit more. An action like this generally doesn't come from out of nowhere. Normally there's a pattern of intimidation or aggression and physical violence is the progression of that pattern. If this is an escalation of previous intimidating and negative behaviour like yelling or throwing things or gaslighting or name-calling, etc., then I would advise you to leave. That is a toxic environment that has escalated into physical abuse. If this is really some alarming and bizarre behaviour that really did come out of nowhere, you might have a chance to address it together. Regardless, you need to be very clear that it's not okay. Then ask her what happened. As an aside, if she's new to DS, and I know this will sound ridiculous to people with experience, but trust me, I've seen it happen, she may have been influenced by some really bad information where someone, an authoritative website or a forum or some other, in air quotes, knowledgeable source online, told her that this is how real femdoms handle their subs' poor behaviour. The same as you looked at porn and, and whatever and thought, well, maybe this is okay. She might have looked at that same kind of content and gone, this is perfectly reasonable. It seems ludicrous, but if she's struggling and looking in the wrong places for help, she can get really, really bad impressions and bad advice. Regardless of the reason it shows incredibly bad judgment on her part. And I wouldn't blame you if you considered it unforgivable no matter where it came from. But if you think you can salvage something, then dig around with her to figure out what happened. Then work out some strategies together to handle conflicts in constructive ways that strengthen your relationship. I'm going to stress this, though. No matter what you do in that discussion if she isn't abjectly sorry 
horrified if she doesn't clearly see that she did something egregiously wrong, if she doesn't promise that it will never happen again, ever, if she tries to justify it or excuse it in any way, then just leave. If she's not sorry or thinks it's no big deal, then you have nowhere to go with it. I wish you the very best of luck with this situation. Okay, something a little bit lighter. Hi, love the podcast. Not only is it interesting, it's also pretty damn hilarious at times. Sometimes for the wrong reasons. What? (laughs) Come on now, I am hilarious. My question is, do you think that the submissive nature of some men and women is related to more general day-to-day people-pleasing behaviour? I wonder, since the latter is widely considered a flaw, and many books have been written about overcoming it, in men it often matches the, air quotes, nice guy syndrome description, or are the similarities mostly surface level or coincidental in your view? That is a good and well-considered question. Um, I think I think there is some overlap, and I think there is some mistaking one for the other, if you know what I mean. I I think some men are healthy people pleasers in their life, and when I say healthy, I mean men who are still capable of defending their boundaries and not getting walked over and not getting taken advantage of. Along those lines, there are those people pleasers where that approach to their life in general comes from a not good place. And that's a different thing. I think if it comes from insecurity or self-esteem issues or lack of boundaries or something that makes them feel that they are only valued for what they can do for other people then that is not a healthy place to come from and I do think that some men see that in themselves and instead of thinking that is something they might want to address in their lives they extrapolate that and decide that they're submissive So I think there is a split there, and I'm not sure it's all that easy to tell which is which, but I think healthy people-pleasing is it makes me happy to please you in general life. So they're the the people who do service for all sorts of reasons, whether it's in the community or in the workplace or, you know, their neighbour or whatever, and that's awesome. And I think there is the people-pleasing where someone thinks no one's going to like me unless I do things for them and that is a very different place to come from and I think both of those may be relationship submissives or they may not right but one comes from a healthy place and one comes from a not very healthy place so I think when you say it's considered a flaw I think that not healthy place is a flaw and I think people should work on fixing that mindset because I don't think it's healthy I think it comes from fear and it comes from self-loathing and it comes from a lack of um, ability to stand in the world if I can put it that way 
That is, it is not a constructive way of behaving, it is a destructive way of behaving. And I do see quite a few submissives who come into BDSM thinking that having a dominant is going to magically fix those issues that they have. But dominants aren't therapists and they're not going to be able to fix those issues. So I think if you're coming from a healthy place, that's a very different thing from coming from an unhealthy place. Next one is about collar space. I wrote it, it's one of my most popular posts, which is a little bit sad for me because it's not even about me. I mean, everything should be about me. Um, I wrote a, a post a while ago about what's happening with collar space. I think it was May last year where they suddenly started, the site started behaving in a way that indicated it was going to be gone, like it's just going to disappear any minute. And I stand by that, though the minute has taken a long, long time to get here. Um, So this one says, I searched on Google why my collar space profile is not being approved and this is how I got to your site. Now, what the fuck is this? Why are they not approving my account? Now, the funny thing is that they must have, this person must have read my post in which I explain exactly what's going on. So I'm not going to talk about that again. Color Space is a dying site, that's all. Um, it's still usable to some but a lot of people who are joining are simply not getting approved. A lot of people who are editing their profiles are not getting their profiles approved. There is no support anymore. You can send a million emails to the support team and that will not work. Functionality on the website is diminished in various ways and it comes and goes. So they are in the death throes and have been for quite a while. This person says, the irony is that I'm a web developer myself and would be relatively easy building something like this, a platform where people could meet. The problem is that browsing the color space profiles for dominoes, I found too many sick people. (laughs) I'm new to this shit and reading through profile description made me feel like I do not belong there. I have a few things to say about this. One is that the value in those sites like anybody could build one of those sites and that's not that hard you're completely correct I think what people underestimate is that those sites thrive because of marketing it's no point having the the perfect site for BDSM dating and having 300 users on it right and not even 300 let's say not if you have 30,000 users on it that's nothing it's nothing FetLife has millions of users. I think, I'm not sure how many Color Space has. I'm sure I could find that out. I should do that, but I'm not going to because I'm incredibly lazy. Um, but the issue is not the tech, the issue is with Color Space currently is the technology. But they have a customer base that is enormous, and that's why they're a site. So any web developer can build any technically excellent site but it is not useful until you get what I don't know 500,000 users at least so that's the challenge for anyone wanting to do it and the other thing to say that um, finding sick people I'm putting that in air quotes 
Look, any site is going to be inundated with people who are scamming or who are lying or who are in some way, you know, gaming the system. I don't know. You're never going to get a perfect site in that sense. And if you want to engage, you just have to wade through it. Men wade through... um, scammers women wade through a bunch of dudes who just want to wave their dicks around so you know that's the price you pay (laughs) i wish i could stop both of them but i can't next one from betty hello my husband and i've been gently entering into the ds lifestyle of femdom good on you i always like it when couples find an interest in it This has really spiced up our bedroom life. I've told him that he's not allowed to masturbate and is only allowed release upon my say-so. The other night he confessed to me that he got very worked up thinking about a particularly hot session we had and he ended up breaking the rule of no masturbation. What do you suggest that I do to correct or punish him? Thank you. Well, Betty, it really... If you're in the bedroom only and you're not you know, taking this outside, then it's all for fun. So I think the punishment should be for fun. So there are certain things you can, there are a million things you can do, obviously. And it's hard to give you advice without knowing what you both enjoy or what sort of dynamic it is or what sort of things you do in day-to-day, you know, in your day-to-day sex life. So what I would suggest is you do some punishment. I'm using that in air quotes. So if you're not really bothered by him doing that, and I assume you're not because you're playing in the bedroom and it's all fun and he was a naughty boy, give him a spanking. <laughs> you know, give him a spanking while making him recite lines from your favourite poem or something or, or tell him he's not allowed to masturbate for a longer period than you would normally... Um, not allow and maybe make him do something that he genuinely doesn't enjoy he's got to wash the dishes for a week or something like that so there's a whole plethora of things to do there I assume because you're having fun in the bedroom and this has spiced up your sex life this is not actually a concern to you at all so I think the punishment can be something fun that you both enjoy so whatever that is that's a little bit, you know, a little bit touching on naughty boy. And it'd be awesome. This one's from John. Thanks for the post on Collar Space. Your experience matches my own. Besides FET, is there any other dating site for us non-vanilla people? Thank you. P.S. Keep on writing. I enjoy your thinking. Well, John, I, I, I did ask for suggestions on that post of sites as alternatives. And none none really came to the fore and I think part of the issue is there is quite a few smallish sites but they just don't have the volume of people to make it worthwhile yet so go and have another look at that post look at all the suggestions that are there just join all of them maybe you know people who join all of them one of them will come into the fore and start to gain traction and that's when you start to get some you know realistic options for dating in them the other thing that is a possibility is to go on dating sites for vanilla people and put something in your profile. 
that will flag you as submissive. I've been on um, OkCupid before, and they used to have, I haven't been on it for years, they used to have a bunch of very detailed questions, including very explicit BDSM ones that you could answer so that when you got matched, you would get matched with people who were the complement to you. And I also tried putting something explicit about BDSM in there. Did not work so well because I got a lot of very young, eager boys who thought that was hot because they'd watched porn. And I have put in, um, tried putting in a little bit of a hint that is less obvious. And I have found some awesome submissive men there, but none of them are near me, so, you know, wasn't actually very useful. But the possibility is there, especially if you're American. The next one, have you ever used someone as a human toilet slash would you? Do you mean do you mean piss play or do you mean scat? Because I will never do poo. I won't. Because it is not sexy to me in any way at all. Um, when I have done some piss play, it was not as a human toilet, no. It was an act of incredible intimacy and bonding, which is the only way I would do it. So human toilet, not so much. Doesn't really appeal to me. Um, all right, the next one is I'm a 24-year-old male sub who's fairly new to the lifestyle. I've been attending these kink events mainly geared towards femdoms and male subs. I did get to experience some light play. But I recently had an experience that I wasn't entirely prepared for. A dom rather aggressively pushed me down on my back and got on top of me. She was sitting on my chest with my arms under her shins, pinning me to the floor. I remember feeling different emotions, including surprise, excitement, humiliation, intimidation and fear at not knowing how long she would stay seated on me. Nothing else much happened. After sitting on me for a good 30 to 40 minutes, what? (laughs) That is a long, boring time (laughs) to sit on someone. Wow. Um, She finally got off and simply told me she was happy she could show me where my place was. I guess I'm trying to figure out why I had such a visceral reaction to what happened since it wouldn't seem that extreme. But as intense as it was, I'm sort of hoping it might happen again sometime. I don't really have an answer for you. I guess there is a lot in there to like, especially if you're new. Because what it really is, is control and power and restriction and force, I'm putting that in inverted commas, and your loss of control, all that sort of thing. So I can get it. I get it. I get why you liked it. Um, if I was you, I would experiment more with different kinds of bondage and restriction and see how that feels. I think there is what you described, there's quite a bit of helplessness in it, that this is an inevitable thing over which you have no say. So I can see absolutely see that that would press a lot of buttons for a lot of people. And if you want it to happen again, why don't you just ask her? 
Hi, how can I express my desire as a submissive? I don't want to seem passive, but I also don't want to be aggressive and dominant. I just want to be super romantic and tell her that I really, really like her, but still want her to take the lead. What should I do? And also, if you and me were to be out on a date and I opened the door, pulled out your chair, etc., would you consider me a gentleman or sexist? Women I have dated have really confused me on this matter, especially the dominant ones. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay, first of all, I'm not sure where or to whom you are trying to express your desire as a submissive. If it's in kink spaces, then I, I don't think it's so hard when it's appropriate to the conversation. You mention that you're submissive and there you go, done. And then you see what happens between you and presumably the dominant you're talking to. But I will say this... You don't express your submission to random people because that's kind of not okay. So don't be expressing your submission in some way with weird words or, you know, not looking someone in the eye or being subservient to a complete stranger. That's just not okay behaviour. So express your submission to a person who you are interested in and who has expressed that they are dominant and with whom you're having an actual conversation about that versus random people. And there is no dichotomy or conflict between submission and super romance. Like, there's a lot of people who tie the two together. I think I'm one of them. I think submission is romantic and I feel it as love and affection and romance. So... I don't think there's any issue there with those two coexisting. As for gentlemanly behaviour, my advice to you is ask the woman that you're dating. So express your willingness to do these things, ask her if she would enjoy it. And she should tell you, like, no, I think it's bullshit, or yes, I would love that, thank you so much. There you go, done. Oh, no. <laughs> this question, who are you? The question is, are you happy? Oh, no. I'm going to have a crisis now. <laughs> For the most part, I'm a, a happy person. I think. So I have the normal fluctuations, but... I am living a life that is good and positive and that makes me happy. I think there are levels of happiness, you know what I mean? So you can be content with your life and generally feeling pretty happy about it. But that's not like the spiralling up of some amazing thing happening to you, happy. You know what I mean? So there's a base level of happiness and yeah, I think I'm happy. Thank you for asking. Mm, oh, I need help. I was on a dating site. I'm sympathetic to cross-dressers. I've been contacted by a nice person. It turns out he, she, it says S slash he, isn't a cross-dresser. She didn't even know what she was. A sissy, okay. I know... Many women turn their husbands into sissies. 
usually cuckolding them. What, what? I'm a sweetheart, I guess. She wants me to be her mistress. Can I satisfy both of us? Can I take on a sissy and make him a husband? To the vanilla world, at least. It matters, and I'm serious. All right. Firstly, no. (laughs) I mean, I don't know where you're getting your information from, but the idea that many women turn their husbands into sissies and usually cuckold them is just not true at all. Not true at all. Both of those are very niche kinks. Niche kinks. But to say that many women do this to their husbands is ridiculous. So wherever you're getting that information, you need to not look at that source anymore. (laughs) Um, When someone has a sissy kink or a cuckolding kink and they're not tied together in any way whatsoever they're just kinks and people enjoy them on both sides of the slash there is no many or usually or anything of that ilk and a cuckolding in particular is an is a and i would say it's edge play in terms of relationship because it it is a huge um relationship changer um, can I take on a sissy and make him a husband? Like, I don't, I don't understand where this question is coming from. You are sympathetic to cross-dressers, which is different from sissy, or there is a, an overlap there, but a sissy is a particular type of cross-dresser. And I don't know why you have fixated on this person to turn into a husband. That you're asking, I guess what I'm seeing here is you are asking the wrong question. The question should be, do I like him enough to be able to fall in love with him, to be able to build a life together, to be able to make marriage a thing that we would do together? Oh, and he's a sissy and can I incorporate that kink into our life? So I think you need to step back a bit and stop looking at it from the perspective of, oh, he's a sissy, and change it to the perspective of, is he a life partner? If he is a life partner and his kink is something that you enjoy, then the answer is yes, right? If either of those are a, I don't know, then the answer's probably no. So, yeah, I think you need to step back and have a look at how you're assessing this situation because I think you're kind of coming at it from the wrong angle. I wish you the best of luck with that. (laughs) This shows how old, how slack I am with doing podcasts. This is old. It's before Christmas. Happy holidays, Miss Ferns. How's it going with sharing your space with family? And then there's a million smiley faces. Love, Jaden, your fave subbish girly. (laughs) Thank you, Jaden. And my Christmas is just fine. Thank you very much. I coped. (laughs) 
The next one, I hate the depiction of submissive men on the internet. All those old, ugly men with hot young girls. Ah, I am submissive and hot. Because <laughs> I get my butt pinched on the subway, okay? This pic describes us much better. LOL. I'm just looking at the picture now. I will put a link to it on my blog so you can see. And it is a young man with a surrounded by a bunch of hot women with their feet on him. <laughs> I'm not sure what you want from me in this um, ask me because you're not really asking a question. You're just stating that you don't like it. So, look, if you are a fabulous young hottie, you go be you. And that's awesome. And I think what you're looking at is porn. And I think you are correct in a lot of instances that porn concentrates on how sexy the women are and do not care much about the men. There are exceptions. And I think there are more exceptions now than there were, you know, say 10 years ago. Which is fabulous. But yeah, you go do you. Dear Sharon. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Sorry, I lie. I discovered you only not long ago. And then they said, waits for a champagne fueled giggle. No, I did that at the start because I'm a quick reader and I read ahead. <laughs> My question is, despite knowing the best principle is always be yourself. Under the premise of both dating and BDSM, I find myself wondering during courtship, do doms slash you enjoy the challenge in getting the submissive to succumb and re relinquish their gift of submission? Or does one find a willingness by the submissive to submit more appealing? For scientific purposes, assume there is a similar level of initial attraction. This is served with white chocolate mascarpone mousse from HR with me. <laughs> Thank you. I will take that white chocolate mascarpone mousse. Thank you. I, I think, of course, every, every dominant woman is an individual and they enjoy different things. For me personally, which is the only thing I can really speak to, what I enjoy is someone gradually realizing that they feel I don't want to say compelled it's too strong a word that they feel the desire to submit to me as they get to know me I don't fight for that I don't um, I don't know what the word is I don't seduce them into submission I don't do that thing what I do is I relate to them as me and if we are a fit, we both feel it because it's just there. And that is where my sweet spot is. And it's a mutual thing where he comes to me feeling like he wants to submit and I accept that because I feel it from my side also. So that is how it works for me. And that takes a bit of time, right? So it has to be part of the evolution of how we relate. There has to be some obvious, you know, initial attraction or 
something in the beginning to start that spark but in actual for in an actual for real sense it develops as you are talking to each other and I will feel that from him and he will feel the compliment from me so it's not something where I'm fighting for his submission where I'm challenged to get his submission I don't that's not how it works and it's also not a thing where he doesn't know me at all and he's happily willing to give me that that doesn't work for me either so what it is is a mutual recognition that relating in that way makes us happy you know what I mean so yeah it's like that and other women enjoy various different ways of this playing out and of course they do. Um, would like to hear your thoughts on cum eating instructions or snowballing. The idea of eating my own cum gives me a hard on and would like to confront my wife about this fetish. Would giving her oral after I come in her scare a woman away? Oh honey, I don't know your wife. That's a big ask. I suspect you think it would and that's why you've asked this question. I think the the words you've used are very telling. I want to confront my wife about this fetish. I'm assuming your wife is vanilla and I think a lot of vanilla women would think it's gross and that's the truth. On the upside, it's a very particular fetish. You're not asking her to change your life or change your personality or any of that stuff. But on the downside, I think it's it would squick a lot of women vanilla women out so I would maybe ask her without saying I want to eat my own cum ask her um, if it would be if she would enjoy it if you gave her oral after you've had sex because you would really enjoy that you don't need to explicitly say because I want to eat my own cum avoid saying that not that there's anything wrong with that fetish it's not extreme I don't think it's weird but I think presenting it as a very specific act that you want to do to your I guess long term wife out of the blue is a little bit uh, I don't know I, I just can't imagine it being a thing she's going to be enthusiastic about going purely by the fact that you've asked me this question if you weren't scared that she'd go that's fucking gross you wouldn't have asked me right so you know her and I suspect you think she will go that's fucking gross so yeah I'd go that I'd go that route say that you really want to give her oral after you've had sex and see if she'll be alright with that good luck with it have you ever had any harem fantasies? I wonder if you would like a stable of men, boys, subjects. I have not, no. I, in a complete fantasy realm, I can 100% see the appeal of it. Absolutely. In the real world, every relationship that you have requires a certain amount of energy and attention. And I do not have that to give at all. <laughs> so if I was some 
kind of ruler who could have the harem and absolutely not have to give one shit about them. <laughs> that would be awesome. So I could just go, you come here and do this, you go there and do that, you come and pat my head, you read me a book, you bring me a drink. That would be great. But in actual, for real, I cannot get out of my head that those um, submissives in that harem are people and that would be a very unhappy relationship and very stressful for me because I would know that they would be unhappy with it. And I think I think there is this idea that that there are so many submissives who just live to serve and that is not true at all. They do not. They expect reciprocation of some sort. And of course, you know, best case it's complimentary that what I give is what they want to receive. But in a harem situation, I would have to give to each of them the thing that makes them happy. And I am 100% not equipped for that. And also, apparently, I'm really bad at fantasy. <laughs> because you asked, you asked a fantasy question, I'm going, yeah, but they wouldn't be happy. They'd be all unhappy. <laughs> so I'm kind of shit at this, if I'm telling the truth. Next one. I've been looking for a mistress for a while and it's for online and some in-person play. Often when we chat and I go to hangouts from the original site we met on. During that time, I usually offer them a chance to see and use me to see if she thinks we're a good fit. 95% say no, not until you buy me a $100 iTunes card. Hmm, that's an odd thing to ask for, but okay. Young people, am I right? <laughs> and then we'll see. Aren't mistresses supposed to be into dominating? Why does it feel, not in all cases, but certainly most, like they're doing me a favour? I just don't get how they can lack desire to dominate. This is such a common question. And here's the thing. When you say you offer them a chance to see and use me, what you mean is I offer them a chance to do me in the way I like in the ways I like. I offer them a chance to make my dick hard. And I know it seems weird to so many people, and it's weird to me they find it weird, but anyway, men seem to think that it, they are doing some amazing favour allowing a woman to do that. And let me tell you, these women that you're approaching, they get... 600,000 of these offers over and over and over and over and over and over. It is not a compelling proposition. It's not an interesting proposition. It's not a sexy proposition at all. Not at all. Not one bit. The reason they do it is because people will pay for it. That's it. So when you say, I don't get how they can lack the desire to dominate, you are misunderstanding what is going on there when women desire to dominate they dominate men that they enjoy men that give something back men that they're in a relationship with men who delight them with their reactions men who they know men who they trust, men who they can connect with, men who they are intimate with, men who they can build something with. 
not random dude on the internet. And if you do not understand this, I cannot help you. I can't help you. Because anyone who's had a human relationship with a human woman in any capacity whatsoever understands this. So, yeah. Pay the money, pal. Or do not expect women to cater to your dick online for free. Like, it's just not realistic. (laughs) When I sent my message, I didn't notice the two minus one. I assume this is some question that did not go through because I have a little maths test on it that is a two minus one maths test to try and get rid of the spam and this person missed it so I guess I didn't get their actual message bless your little heart the next one is I absolutely (laughs) refuse to believe you're still single me too am I right Here's the thing with with people who say stuff like that. They assume that it's because nobody likes me. <laughs> and that's not how it works. It always comes from there. I can't believe you're still single. Why does nobody like you? And in actual fact, the truth is that it's the other way around. I don't like anybody. And that's the truth. And when I say that, I don't, I don't mean it as literally as that. I feel connection rarely. So I have met and gone out with some really lovely, good, smart, fabulous men. And I just don't feel it. And so that's why I'm still single. There is a thing, you know, there's a thing. And I wonder sometimes if the majority of people don't know that thing. I'm putting it in air quotes, that thing. And what that means is that they feel a connection easily and often with, you know, every second person they meet because they are the kind of person who connects easily who immediately sees you know potential and goodness and relationship stuff with you know a lot of people and I just don't feel that so when I connect with someone I connect you know what I mean and it is fucking rare that I feel that mostly I feel you're really nice and you're awesome and fabulous and there is no there there there's just nothing I don't feel it and that Dave is why I'm single I have an email now from Lion I'm a fellow blogger I think you read me Mail Chastity Journal like you I stopped going to events and clubs quite a while ago My wife doesn't really like them and frankly, even though everybody knows my name, it didn't feel like fun anymore. 
I just wanted to suggest that maybe you consider looking for non-seen people who can provide the emotional support and comfort you want. Just a thought. It turned out really well for me. I thank you for that. I have always looked for non-seen people, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what sort of advice you're giving me, but that's what I've done for the last however long, so next one is hi i want to find a caring older dom i'm 26 male myself but i'm below average in looks and i'm mildly autistic so i can't play to my charms or good confidence or things like that i've never had a girlfriend and i grew up without a proper mum childhood neglect plus i have a lot of health issues autoimmune things i just want to be held and comforted sad face am i doomed if not what do i do help um, I'm not going to downplay the challenges you have here. What I think, and I'm not sure that this is particularly helpful because I'm sure you've heard it before, what I think always about people who are looking for partners is that you need to be your best self and you don't need to be something you're not. So when you say you're average in looks and you're mildly autistic so you can't play to your charms or good confidence, there's a, a part of me that says that there are things that you can work on in yourself to give you more confidence. And they may not be the things that are conventionally socially acceptable and that's okay. You know what I love in people when they have a passion for something? I don't even care what it is. I used to work with a guy whose passion was, and this is so obscure, and I loved it, whose passion was taking videos <laughs> of um, remote-controlled car racing. That was his passion. And I don't care that I am not interested in that thing. When I spoke to him, and he was excited about it, that was awesome he was good at it it was his passion he did it on the weekends he had friends from it it was just awesome so my advice to you is a find something that makes you happy and go do that shit because from that you build a kind of a better sense of yourself you can make friends if it's some kind of hobby you can expand your idea of what is a goodness in yourself, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. The other thing I would suggest is that if you are genuinely concerned about this, you are not doomed, by the way, but if you are genuinely concerned about this or you think you don't know how to move forward, I would sincerely suggest you try and find a therapist. Because, not because you know there's something wrong with you, but because issues that people have with themselves can often be helped by an external perspective. And we don't, we're not good at doing that ourselves. We're not good at looking at ourselves or unraveling our own issues. And that's why therapists provide a value. And there is um, a kink aware directory on the internet if you google it 
kink aware professionals directory and finding a kink aware therapist will mean that they're not going to somehow you don't have to hide your kinks or your interests in kink you can talk about it and they can incorporate that into the whole of you this verse is trying to hide it or telling a non-kink friendly therapist about it and having them pathologize your interest in it i wish you the best of luck and no you're not doomed and that's it for the q a part of this podcast if you have been reading my blog you will this next little section will not be a surprise to you it's something completely different and i thought i would share it on my podcast as well in case you do not read my blog and why don't you by the way it's awesome (laughs) in case i haven't mentioned it somewhere else i'm thinking of putting together um audio porn of the actual porny kind where i read um from my dom chronicles book of erotica and in that vein i came across some amazing porn very short on twitter and as a foray into audio porn i thought i would read it for you and see how it goes the tweeter is Patty Harrison and her handle is party underscore Hardison. So I'm going to read her story and I hope you enjoy it. He started putting his penis near her vagina. It was big. His penis, that is. Not her vagina. That was small. Anyways, so his penis is starting to get near her vagina. (laughs) Once he put his penis near my vagina, that's when I knew it was going in there soon. Then he asked with a smile on his amazing face, are you ready for my huge penis stuck in there? Your vagina? And that's when she said, yeah, And it was time to get it put in. She arched her back that was unshaved, but was naturally hairless. Yes to this sex, she said about it. He laughed his pleasure laugh. His rod was inside and his balls were on the outside, the way it ought to be. Yes, she screamed each time the cock was in there poking. (laughs) That's when he did a move she really liked a lot. He rolled her... (laughs) He rolled her over on her hairless stomach. It's time for it from behind, he said, naked. Huh? I don't think she heard him. It's time for it from behind, he repeated himself, moaning during. Nice, she heard him this time. Mmm, you feel that, she said, getting it in her pussy. Yeah, it's really good. I love this. It's amazing, he yelled. 
Mmm, really glad you like it, she said, pointing down to her pussy. Then she started riding on his penis on top of him as if he were a car and she was driving the car. Oh, um, she moaned, the pleasure, crazy like a big storm. My penis feels so good. It's hard and this life is crazy, smacking his lips. Yeah, she nodded. Her tits were there. And the end. I hope you enjoyed this very serious reading of Erotica as much as I enjoyed reading it for you. Thank you for your patience with my irregular schedule of getting these out and thank you for listening along with me. If you would like to ask me a question, you can go to my Ask Me page on my blog, which is domchronicles.com, D-O-M-M-E-chronicles.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I will speak to you next time. Bye-bye for now.